Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to another episode of the Over the Monster podcast. It has been quite some time since I said that. I probably should have checked exactly how long before I did this, but if you've listened to us long enough, uh, you know I wasn't going to do that. But uh, it is me, Matt Collins, back hosting for an indetermined amount of time uh, since the last time I did that. And I am back with Brian Joyner, my usual partner in crime. Brian's been back a little more recently than I have been, but Brian, what is going on? Yeah, but I was talking to Jake and Keaton, and they don't count. So it's just not is, the same. It's not. It is not the same. But um, yeah, you guys recorded. I don't know if it was the night of or the night after. Sometime recently after the uh, Trevor Story signing, obviously, um, ended up being the big story of the off season. Assuming they don't do something surprising in the next, oh, whatever it is, eight days until opening day. Um, but. Yeah, so we're not going to spend a ton of time on Trevor's story since we already did a whole podcast about it, but um, I was on that podcast, and Trevor's story is a pretty big deal, so I figure um, we still have to start with him. We actually haven't seen him in a Red Sox uniform in game action quite yet. Um, His planned debut for the team was pushed back a little bit because he had a child, um, which I suppose is a good enough reason to miss. your Red Sox debut. Uh, but yeah, he should be making his debut soon. Um, 
I think he's still going to be ready for opening day. They kind of left it open that he might not have enough time, but I'm assuming he'll be ready. Uh, but yeah, six years, $140 million for Trevor Story. Uh, some weird opt-out stuff. He can opt out after the fourth year, or the Red Sox could add a seventh year. Um, just think it's a quick aside. I'm getting sick of these baseball contracts getting more complicated more complicated than they need to be. I think that um, we just need to go back to regular contracts. I can't. I don't like having to keep track of all this stuff, but that is um, neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Trevor Story obviously was the big addition for this offseason. Undoubtedly, it proves the team. Um, it wasn't the move that I would have made. I think we've been over this, um, especially if you're at the site. I would have preferred, say, a Suzuki or something for the outfield um, over Trevor Story, but that does not mean it is a bad signing. Um, Trevor Story is quite good. And, yeah, I mean, I guess this is satisfactory to you. I mean, we'll get to a column you wrote last week in a minute, but this is this is a good signing, right? We can, we can celebrate something with Hein Bloom uh, on, in terms of big splashes, finally. Yes, and I got to say that when you just said, say a Suzuki, I, I literally was like, wait, say, uh, which, which Suzuki? Which, um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not even, I'm not trying to make a joke. That's what I heard. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, look, Chad Finn wrote about this, uh, that he, like you, like this was not his ideal move, but he came around to it. Um, and we will get to the column I wrote, I'm sure, but I am, it, you know, it's heartening to me because it's just, it's a, it's a true step forward um, that isn't draft related and um, sort of the throw darts at the wall pitchers related, which is really been the way that the team has grown under bloom for two years yeah it's not it's not garrett whitlock which everybody loves garrett whitlock that was extremely fun to watch and that's um i mean that's important building teams is finding those sort of diamonds in the rough but yeah i mean this is i think the thing that's interesting to me about the signing is that it sort of satisfied everybody um i mean you got an all-around player it wasn't just like a a hitter or glove first guy or whatever um it was a big contract so people complaining about them not spending um can stop at least temporarily or um be a little do less I harsh to? i guess um and that do i have to have stop to. this is america i guess you don't have to but um it throws a little bit of a wrench into those complaints but at the same time it's not like i mean i'm not saying this is a bad contract but it's not like garrett cole where if you want to complain about it you can say oh the last years are going to be awful i mean this isn't that much money it's a um average annual value of 23.3 which in today's um in today's league that's not really that bad and then you're if you're looking five six seven years down the line it's really i mean even if he's taken a decline as long as he's still on the roster it's really not that terrible so i mean this is kind of ideal in that sense again i i still to think that an outfielder was a bigger need, and we're going to get to the outfield a little bit. But, um, I mean, Trevor Story is a fantastic player. Coming off a little bit of a down year, but not really something I'm concerned about. Um, obviously, the core splits are a big concern for a lot of people, but there are 
many things written by many people smarter than myself um, indicating why that is not really something to be concerned with. He gives them um, he gives them a ton of speed and good base running, which has not really been the Red Sox calling card the last few years, so it'll be nice to see somebody who can uh, run the bases well and smartly. Um, and I think one of the more underrated parts of the move is that now Christian Arroyo is on the bench, and he is like a ideal bench player. I think. I think. I think if you squinted, he you could have made it work with him as your starting second baseman, provided you got um, a very good outfielder. But he is he definitely profiles on a contending team better as a bench player. They're getting him time in the outfield, so he'll be able to play uh, pretty much anywhere. Hopefully, within the next month or so. Um, so I mean, just Trevor Story himself obviously awesome and then the ripple effects down the roster are mostly great um i think the one concern maybe and i and this obviously came up with you guys um it's xander bogarts i mean what does this mean for bogarts long term um he has an opt-out at the end of the year it's basically impossible that he's not going to use it i mean i guess if he suffers some sort of major injury knock on wood maybe he wouldn't but um he's going to become a free agent at the end of the year unless the red sox sign him to an extension does will your feeling about the signing change if it ends up being the catalyst to bogarts being another uniform next season no because the way bloom operates that is like a huge part of getting story in the first place. And I think that's a big reason why this is the first major signing of his uh, tenure here. First signing longer than two years is not merely to secure a good player on the Red Sox for X number of years, but to give him leverage with Bogarts. And I think that's, just how he operates that it's as much as I'm happy about it being a big move for the Red Sox bloom is, I think not likely to make a pure um, superstar acquisition. Like he's not going to pull a Dombrowski. I don't think for under pretty much any circumstance, like sending David Price to a giant contract, there is within this move um, the undercurrent of setting himself up to have leverage with Bogarts. And as Jake and Keaton and I talked about, and it's just anyone who can read statistics can see. Story is a much better shortstop in the field than Bogarts. How that plays out and what Bogarts wants for himself going forward, because he will get the chance to choose it because he's certainly a good enough baseball player. I mean, easily. He's great to gonna say hot take. Right, right, right. To 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 choose his way forward. So I think that this is because much as I'm happy about this being a big money move, this is also kind of potentially a money saving move because I think story was cheaper than Bogarts might end up being um, for a variety of factors. And 
it's uh i'm just gonna enjoy this year when we have them both yeah i think i mostly agree with that i don't know that i'd characterize it as leverage so much as hedging and maybe that's just picking nits i don't and i this is probably this calling me naive here is probably not unfair especially after everything with mookie um but i i still feel like the red sox and bogarts want to stay together long term i think bogarts is going to move off short stuff after this year um but i think this is more hedging for the scenario where Bogarts wants to stick at shortstop after this year and the Red Sox are going to say no. And, I mean, this is pretty relatively far down the line. I don't really – I'm conflicted about how I would feel in that scenario about the Red Sox letting him go. It, and from a pure baseball sense, it makes sense when you have Trevor Story. And, but, I mean, Bogarts means so much to the organization. But I, I agree that that was – I mean – that was the part of the motivation behind Bloom making this kind of splash. Um, was definitely looking longer term and a Bogart's replacement, a bridge to Marcelo Meyer, however you want to look at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bogart's, I mean, all the stories coming out, Bogart's was part of the recruitment process. He's clearly on board with it. So, I mean, it kind of leads me to believe that he's, they can make this work long term. But um, yeah, I would say it's probably just hedging against Bogarts maybe deciding he wants to stay at shortstop whatever the case may be and I mean even with Story he's been dealing with some arm issues so maybe he just can't play shortstop moving forward he doesn't have the arm strength I don't I don't think that's particularly likely but I think it's a scenario on the table but um should he play shortstop this year I mean you said yourself he's clearly the better player um I mean, should Alex Cora is the manager you could put wherever whoever he wants at whatever position he wants should Story be at shortstop I don't think that what you said is true about Alex Cora being able to do what he. I mean, he's literally able he to. He can, he could write somebody's name in, and I don't the, know. Like, like, I've seen or too the many athletes can do it. They can well, do. I've seen too many athletes these days just say, usually in football or basketball, just be like, "No, I don't want to do that," so I'm just not going to do it. Um, I think that what you're saying about it being a hedge is true i just think that's a matter of semantics um it's certainly certainly the story move was taken with was undergone with bogarts in mind um i do not forget about what i think should happen i think that bogarts will play shortstop at least to start the season regularly um the same way bobby dahlbeck gets starts at third base when devers when there's like a shift in devers is dh or whatever um i think we'd see obviously story is going to be the guy to play shortstop when xander doesn't and i as i said to jake and keaton i think that I mean, I, it's it's hard to say this with certainty. I do think Xander wants to be here. And I think that talk about him playing second or third, I feel like third is a more dignified landing spot for him and one that he could live with. And that's or maybe that's just my hope. Um, and then Marcel Meyer is just, 
he's just far enough away that I just I'm not even thinking about him right now. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I mentioned his name, but I think that's right. He's he he seems awesome, but he's also played for like a month and a half or whatever it was. I mean, he took Evaldi deep, so it's true. I mean, I think no, I think you're right. I, Bogarts is going to play shortstop. I think, um, like you said, Story will play there when Bogarts isn't playing. I think. Um, I mean, we'll get to this a little bit later too, but Cora had mentioned JD Martinez playing outfield um, against left-handed starters. Um, putting aside how dumb that is, again, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, I'm assuming on those days, or at least some of those days, Bogarts will be DH. Um, Story will play second, or, Roy, or Story will play shortstop, or Royal will play second. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't. I was saying that posing the question just to create the question i guess um i don't think there's any way that story should be the everyday shortstop this year just because bogarts doesn't want him to and um I, you got to keep your players happy that's it's just the way it is um this isn't a video game these are real people and you don't piss off xander bogarts i mean you just don't and they're not going to they've i mean story is going to be the second baseman so um the defense is a little worse than it would be if they were flipped, but it's still a lot better with Story in there than without Story in there. And he's still playing up the middle. Um, I know the shift has taken some importance away from second base, but I mean, we watched we watched Dustin Pedroia for a long enough time that we know that second base can be a difference making position um, in the field. I did want to talk about your column from last week, um, calling Trevor Story. The I don't know exactly. What, I don't remember exactly what word you use. Most impactful signing. Um, what was what was the word? Maybe consequential. Um, and I consequential. Since, is a good one. since Manny Ramirez and I since need Manny. to. Yeah. I have been. Yeah, we need to uh, correct. There, there's a caveat. There's a caveat here. <laughs> is that um, it's easy. We got like, I, for this one. I regularly forget that David Ortiz was a free agent signing. So um yeah, we're talking big money signings here because guess obvious nobody would argue that Trevor yes. Story is more consequential signing than David Ortiz. Uh, like there I mean even there big is, money David Ortiz is more consequential than Manny, which is like incredibly yes. difficult oh, yeah. to, to be. Yes. I mean he's and the most close, con- yes. No, it's not even close. So outside of that and then people had pushback and they said jd martinez which is jd's great but as i wrote this i did sort of cover in the piece same with david price is that dabrowski was going for it and so that that was all in the flow of that um manny was signed and when he was like the previous big signing the red sox had was jose offerman two years earlier and I remember being like excited that they signed Jose Offerman and this was just you know this is like going from uh, a ball to the majors in terms of Manny and then with Bloom he had done nothing like this whatsoever and what this showed me um, because Bloom and the owners have said that this is a process, but it showed me that we are um, 
in the stage of the process where more significant moves can be made because their first priority was to build up the minor leagues and the half. And they have a nice minor league system now. Um, and, you know, they got a little lucky where they got Meyer, but I'm not complaining. This, to me, signaled almost exactly the same thing the Manny contracted, except for I'm more confident about it because then as good as Manny was, and he should be in the Hall of Fame, he won't, he will never get in, but he should be. Um, it did seem at the, even at the time that like Manny was supposed to, Manny and Pedro were supposed to just like, the presence of those two guys was to was supposed to be good enough to cover the lackluster t team building otherwise. And then that changed obviously um, with Theo and then in 2003, 2004. And in this case, it seems like sto obviously there, I don't think the highs are going to be as high. This is not as big money a contract. Um, but this shows to me that they think they are now in the position to compete year after year, which is a weird thing to say after they came two wins from the World Series. But last year to me was like 2013 light in the sense that like everything just went right. It was sort Absolutely. of by accident. I mean, right. Wasn't literally by accident obviously i mean they wanted to win it was a good thing but i mean yeah it wasn't um i think if you gave them truth serum they were not expecting that um i mean by the end of this year and i hope i'm wrong on this but i like to be pessimistic it's just what i do <laughs> by the end of this year i think that i think next year will be full com competition going forward in perpetuity and like that's what they've been building toward and i think that by the end of this year, if you just flip what ends up happening this year with what ended up happening last year, it will look like a more natural progression. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, um, I, I think, think I mostly... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 I'm done. I was going to say, I think I mostly agree with what you're saying. I mean, I, it kind of shows that there is an end game to this. I, I don't want to use the word process because I don't want to... Um, say anything i don't want to imply that i like anything about the philadelphia 76ers but i mean it shows that there's an end game to what they were doing so we've seen so many teams i mean we're kind of seeing it with the white Sox right now to some extent um and other teams that say they're building up and they're going to spend money once they build up and then it never really happens and it was hard not to be cynical about the red Sox. and i mean look this wasn't they didn't sign max scherzer or whatever they didn't go out and spend crazy crazy money but they signed a big contract um and it was, I think, fair to wonder if that was actually going to happen in this regime. So in that sense, I get what you're saying. I think I would still go with JD at the end of the day um, just because he was so good. And the Red Sox, that was um, two years after Ortiz's last season and the year in between, it was like so clear that they needed that presence. And Martinez was just exactly what they needed. He was so good and he won 
guy won two silver sluggers in one year, which is just still makes me laugh every time I think about it. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely get where you're coming from it though. I, I don't, some people thought it was like the craziest thing they'd ever heard. I was kind of surprised by the re- reaction to be honest, but um, I hear what you're saying. And I, I think it was all right. Um, I'm, I, I, so, I understand. Like, I kind of, the only reason I kind of discount the JD Martinez thing is that it seemed to me so foreordained, like, there's the picture of him when he's 19 or whatever wearing the Red Sox jersey. Yeah. And Dombrowski was the GM and he fit the exact need they wanted. I However, thought, so I I was kind of oh, looking back at that time recently. Um I kind of forgotten how long it took him to sign though. I mean there was real doubt whether or not they were actually going to get him and there was all these stories that he wanted to stay in Arizona or whatever. I mean, obviously, we know how that happened. I don't... It was probably just... I mean, it was probably just negotiating through the media. I don't know that any of it was real. But I think... I, I, just looking back at some of the things I wrote at that time, at least for me, I, there was some doubt that he was... I think it just took a long time, and it was the off-season. We had nothing else to write about, because yeah. it is my recollection that it took a long time, but it was never my recollection that... Is it... I don't remember ever thinking that like, oh, I don't think he's actually going to sign with the Red Sox as a matter of like information coming out or logic. It was just like, oh, it hasn't happened yet. Why hasn't it happened? So let's read into yeah, it. Yeah, and he was so good with Arizona that I think there was like some. But I mean, thinking about it now, like it's ridiculous that the time of X would be in on any of those free agents. He, um, I mean, I, I mean, I just, and I just got to give him this like. He was as good in 2018 as Manny ever was on the Red Sox. Um, oh, he's unbelievable. It was it was one of the, like, he was, there's very few people I've ever seen in baseball hit at the level he did in 2018. So, like, everything about 2018 was great. But, like, that is not the situation we're in now. And I I tried to make clear in the piece that it wasn't about raw numbers or any other, that stuff it was about, but I, if people want to go with Julio, go with Julio. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to talk a little more about current day Julio in a second. Um, I want to talk about the outfield situation because as excited as I am about Trevor's story, I am, dreading watching this outfield in action um offensively defensively they should be fun to watch um and a bigger reason for that is jackie bradley jr obviously back um when that trade happened right before the lockout i certainly thought i think a lot of people certainly thought that it was made with the idea that jackie bradley was going to be the fourth outfielder but here we are on we're recording march 29th at nine o'clock and right now jackie bradley jr is the everyday Right fielder. I mean, can they really go into the season with Jackie Bradley Jr. as the everyday outfielder coming off a season in which he was statistically probably the worst hitter in baseball? He had a 35 WRC plus last season in 134 games with the Brewers. I think a couple things. One, this seems to me to be the place where Bloom has been like, I'm just going to wait and find a value play. Uh, two, I think that when you said Christian Arroyo was going to be the bench guy, 
think that's true, but do you know who started in right field today for the Boston Red Oh, that Red would Sox? be, um, he started in right field, right? Yes, he did. I thought you were going to um, say Rob Ruffsnyder. Who was also nope, nope. To be it, was, it, was, it was Christian Arroyo. Um, and we, I don't know if we talked about this or if I talked about it with uh, Jake and Keaton, but I definitely get the sense that if there's a super utility role to be played, they see Arroyo in that role because his bat is fine. Like it's for a super utility role, his bat is fine. Um, I am not confident that they are going to make another move in the what nine days before the season starts. Um, Eight when people are listening to this, yeah. So I think that you're going to be seeing more of JBJ than you uh, would like to, or that I would like to. To be fair, I do like watching Jackie Bradley Jr. play baseball. I'm of just course, not sure he's very good at it anymore. Of course, like he's, um, in a way, it's like a, it's kind of cheap play on Bloom's part to get someone out there it's like well we have fond memories of all this um i'm not sure i agree with that but i this might this might just be an example of me being too online i'm not sure that jackie bradley is the fan favorite that people portray him to be i think a lot of people love him he's one of my favorite players since i've been watching the red sox uh but some people just hate how inconsistent he is to plate and i don't know i don't think that i don't know if that was really how much of that went into bloom's decision but at least based on my Twitter mentions, I don't know that he's as loved as he is sometimes portrayed to be. Are you saying that people on Twitter are overly negative? I mean, I don't want to blow anybody's minds here, but I think sometimes that's the case. If you do, it's right. surprising, I, you know. Yeah, no, I don't think he did it strictly for that reason. I mean, if you're going to have a fourth outfielder, you can do worse. But he's not a fourth outfielder at this point. Yeah, the issue is that he's not a fourth outfielder right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I, I, there are still moves to be made. Um, we'll get to some of those options um, in a second. But at this point, like you said, I mean, we're pretty much at opening day. We get a little over a week to go. Um, it would just be surprising to me if he wasn't the everyday player and – I mean, look, he's not going to be as bad as he was last season. There's just basically no way that that's even possible. I mean, this was Sandy Leone-esque offense um, for Jackie Bradley Jr. He will be better than that. I still don't think he's good enough to start, but it is what it is. We got a question um, from a great big lark about that very topic. Um they ask what uh, let's say the Red Sox don't get another outfielder like we said looking unlikely at this point um, so we fast forward a week before the trade deadline what OPS plus would Jackie Bradley need to have in order for you to want the the Sox to stick with him as an everyday outfielder the rest of the year he's not gonna hit that OPS plus he's well, that's the next question. it doesn't even matter like he's to be an everyday outfielder? No, he's there's well, no way. It depends on the. It's it all depends on context. I mean, if Verdugo hits the context like is they're playing major league baseball baseball games. I mean, I think if he has, and again, I don't think he's going to get to this point, but I think if he's at like a ninety OPS plus, which is around where he has been 
for most of his career before last season. In um, aggregate, in aggregate, he's been at 90. But he is... Well, he's ended he's, pretty much every season there. Okay, but he is also like... Yeah, I mean, it's the a single streak at that point, but... Yes. I, I guess what I'm saying is I think he, if that, I mean, that would be what it is. Assuming if he can get to that level or even like an 85-ish, but that also requires for Dugo to be hitting like he did in 2020, Bobby Dalbeck to be hitting not quite like he did when he was on fire in the second half, but I mean, an above average hitter, Christian Vasquez getting back to what he was a couple of years ago. I mean, the Red Sox have other potential holes in the lineup beyond Jackie Bradley. So if those holes all end up not being holes, then they can afford Bradley's glove. Um, and at that point, I don't think that they would need to make a trade. Um, it also depends on what the pitching looks like. I mean, maybe they need to put all of their prospect trade ships to the rotation. So I don't know. I mean, it's a hard question to ask. Um, they also ask, once you get that number, what odds you give of him actually hitting to that level this season? I would say, I don't know. If I'm putting it at 85, I would say, I don't know, 35%. I don't think it's crazy odds. I think it's probably, I would probably bet on less than that. Um, most of the projections on Fangraphs have them 75 to 80 range. Um, so, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but it's still more likely than not that um, that he gets to that mark. And Can I ask you just a, a separate question? Do you think, because you just mentioned Vasquez's bat, do you think there's a chance that Vasquez and and Plavecki are like 50-50 this year? Um, No. Or or 60-40? Maybe 60-40. I mean, it's it's more defense than anything. Plavecki's not a great defensive catcher, and especially with the way the Red Sox pitching staff is looking right now, I think you need all the defense you can get behind the plate, and if you need to sacrifice offense, you need to sacrifice offense. the only reason I ask is, I mean, they're already sacrificing offense, obviously, in right field. Um, yeah, I mean, that's why I just assumed that they were going to get somebody else, and they may be sacrificing offense at first base, too. I mean, I think Dahlbeck is a giant wild card. But, yeah, I mean, I think Vasquez is going to play a lot. He was at one point last season. He had played like the like halfway through the season. He had played the most games at catcher in baseball. I mean, they Alex Cora loves him. The pitching staff loves him, and for good reason. So, um, I would expect him to play a lot. All right. Um. Yeah. So let's go with. Uh, let's talk a little bit about JD Martinez because I I feel like I'm losing my mind a little bit with this one. Um. So Alex Cora said, as I mentioned before, that JD Martinez is probably going to see some outfield against left-handed pitching. When I first saw that story. I was a little annoyed, but I was like, yeah, okay, stick him in front of the monster, it's fine. Um, apparently, Cora later, uh, or I later, was clarified that Cora had said uh, Martinez is going to play right field. And the idea of J.D. Martinez playing right field at Fenway Park, um, it just does not make me feel good. You think this is actually something that's going to happen? I mean, is that are we going to see a significant amount of J.D. Martinez in the outfield all of a sudden? I'm sorry. I'm just sort of shocked at the thought of Jamie Martinez playing right. Look, we Shades just... Shades of Adrian Gonzalez playing right field. Yeah, but we just talked about 
blah 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 should J should JBJ be playing whatever da, 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 da. no 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 right field in Fenway Park if there's a role for JBJ in the majors that's a good yeah, one for a... him right <laughs> and if there's a role that JD Martinez should not be playing same one um I trust Alex Cora though so I don't no. That's a fair point. Like, I don't think he's lying. I don't think he's, he's not, look, he's got, he, like, like Alex Cora, I have grown a late pandemic beard. And so I feel, I feel very wise and I, I trust him. I, I think he's telling the truth. Now, why he would do, look, Cora has done things like this where, He's done these micro moves that we are just like, why are you doing this? So I don't put it past him in any way. Um, and I have also made the argument, which I stand by, that like, you know, it's like, uh, sometimes you gotta, you have a long relationship, you gotta spice things up. You know, like you got to mix things up a little bit, keep everybody on their toes. If he does this, I hope that it's just a short-lived. Um, like if it happens a few games, I am not the guy who gets on Twitter and says, um, "No, it's me." I can't. No, it's not you. It's Matt Corey. Um, love you, Matt. Um, I can't believe they did this. There's 160,000 games. Like. Just, just oh, chill. Okay. Um, uh, no, no, I'm I'm good at math. It's right. Um, but I, I don't. The way they talk about the season, I'm sort of conceiving it as like they're talking about the first six weeks, and then we will deal with the rest later. The season is just so incredibly long that if he says something like that. To imagine it the whole season is horrifying, but maybe just from yeah. my own sanity, I am not thinking about it that way. And I mean, it tracks with, um, to your point, it does track with Arroyo just starting to get some time in right field. And that would give him some more time to whatever shag balls before games and get used to some of those angles out there, whatever the case may be, gets more comfortable in the outfield since he's a natural infielder. Um, but yeah, I mean, the idea just has me nervous. Like I said, again, even in left field, I guess I could have lived with it. Um, but honestly, I mean, the defensive issues are a major part of why I don't really want to see this happen. But it's also injuries. I mean, J.D. Martinez is not getting any younger. He's got a history of back problems. Just let him sit on the bench for most of the game and hit four or five times and go home. I, he doesn't need to be running around that big right field. I mean, like I, the defense is whatever. He'll make some errors. I'll get over it. I'll complain about it on Twitter and in the game recap, and then I'll forget about it. But he gets injured, and he's out for six weeks, or he's playing, but he's dealing with back spasms every other day. I mean, that's that's something this team can't afford. So that that would be my concern there more than anything else. Um, it's just, have, just let him sit. He's earned it. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, well, unfortunately. Um, all right, let's. Uh, so I mentioned there's some other options for the outfield. The 
list of names is dwindling. Michael Conforto is out there in free agency. Uh, the only qualifying offer free agent still out there. Really the only free agent of note uh, who still has not been signed. I can't really see the Red Sox giving up another draft pick, um, especially for Conforto, who is a good player, but he's coming off a little bit of a down year. Um, plus, they had said that they wanted a right-handed bat for the outfield. Conforto is not a right-handed bat. Um, do you see them as players for Conforto? I mean, if this gets deeper and he maybe starts to get more desperate, is that a possibility? Well, I mean, I don't know, but I wouldn't hate it. He's he's actually good. He's, yeah. so. I mean, it would be an upgrade. I would be surprised. Um, but I don't think would, he'd be able to play in sense. Toronto, but I, if he's good. Oh, is he not I don't, vaccinated? I, I don't believe that. he is. The Mets fans I follow, uh, that would that's that's my understanding. But um, well, I mean, the Red Sox. I mean, that was a big deal with Story. According, I mean, Jeff Passan reported that um, they could have gotten that deal done a lot earlier, but the Red Sox wanted him to get vaccinated, and he, during the lockout, he got vaccinated. And that was able to put it over the hump. So, I mean, that would. I, the Red Sox would probably not want Conforto if he's not vaccinated, and I will stand by them in that. And um, and and Xander, I mean, Saint, Xander was yeah. like, "Yep, I'm vaccinated now." It's like, yeah, good, 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 good. Um, some trade possibilities out there as well. Uh, Brian Reynolds has just been sort of a fantasy of mine. Um, it would cost a ton. You're giving up. At least, at the very least, Nick York is the top prospect that you're giving up, and it's probably you're going to have to give up Casas or uh, Meyer to get Reynolds, but he is very good and very young. Uh, Ramon Laureano, Oakland's trading everybody. Um, He is suspended to start the season because of a PED um, positive test, but he is also very good and would fit very well in right field at Fenway for the reasons you had talked about earlier. Uh, And then there's Will Myers, who is not as good as those other two. Uh, but he costs a lot of money, and the Padres want to cut salary, so Red Sox would get an offensive upgrade and a prospect or two in the package as well. I mean, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't take on that contract without getting prospect or multiple prospects back. Uh, any of those guys stand out as realistic and guys that you'd want to see? It's more that Reynolds uh, seems unrealistic because I feel like yeah, I've been there's trying to a, speak it into existence, but it has There's a yet, robust so. market for Brian's with a Y. Like, you know, it can't can't overstate how valuable they are. Um It's my brother too. Yeah, respect. Um but I like I like both of the other two um as ideas. L- Loriano just seems I mean, it seems like a, bo- both of the other two, Myers and Loriano, seem like just quintessential bloom moves. Um, Myers, I think, more so. Yes. Because you'd also get a prospect. Yes. So, uh, I I think I trust my instincts. Like, for, first my Dombo instincts and now my bloom instincts to say that, like, th- those are like... Uh, not WEI like moves that we're sitting here bullshitting about. I think these are real things that could happen because they like it's everything just goes in the right direction um, on the macro and micro levels with those. 
the only issue so with Loriano, I'm not sure exactly how realistic it is. Um, I think Oakland is willing to listen on anybody, but I found this out uh, pretty recently. Uh, apparently, the suspension is just long enough for Loriano to have to wait another year to hit free agency, so he's got four years of control left. I think Oakland, unless they're blown away, will probably hold on to him at least until the trade deadline. Um, that sounds like Oakland. Is, yeah, well, I mean, who the hell knows what they're doing? The issue with Myers for me is mostly defense. Um, either he or Verdugo would have to play right. I'm not as against Verdugo and right as other people seem to be, but at the same time, the Red Sox really don't seem to want to play him there, which kind of scares me. It makes me think that they don't think he's good enough to play there. But, I mean, the offensive upgrade from Bradley to Myers is probably big enough that I would be okay with it, especially if you're getting a decent prospect back too. Um, so I think that's probably the most likely to happen. I still, it's probably more likely that they just don't make any sort of move before the beginning of the season. But of those names, I think that's really the realistic one. That's fair. I mean, it's almost like if you have an MVP winner who plays right field, you don't trade him <laughs> for, uh, I don't want to do this. It's too late. I don't want to do it either, but <laughs> I just need to say, like, I look, I, I'm not going to relitigate it outside of the fact, say, like, Jeter Downs, shit isn't happening. Verdugo looks fine. Like, it looks like Verdugo will be a fine regular. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah, that's it. I'm not yeah, that's it. All right, let's let's uh let's move on. Let's talk some let's talk some pitching. Um <laughs> no. for a while, so we'll no, no. try to speed this up. Yeah, pitching. we won't spend too much time on pitching. We don't really want to think about it. Let's talk Moogie Betts instead of pitching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Red Sox pitching looks questionable, I think would be the nice way to say it. Um you know, I had down here what the starting five would be, but I don't really even think there's much debate at this point. I mean, it's Evaldi, Pavetta, Hauk, Waka, and Rich Hill in some order, um, and Garrett Whitlock somewhere in that mix as well. I mean, how does the, is this rotation good enough to compete in this division? I, we have a question, basically that question from Rick, who's, uh, whose Twitter handle is waffles are amazing. No argument from me on that one. Um, but yeah, he, he asks, is this red side, is this rotation going to hold up against the rest of the ALEs? I think it's a valid question. I mean, this division is loaded. There's not a lot of rooms for mistakes from the pitching here. I mean, I would have said no last year and I was proven wrong. Uh, I would have been proven wrong and it sure doesn't look like it, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, as I said to you earlier, I do not expect this year to be as good as last year, even if I think the team is probably better on the uh, on the whole. I was really surprised today in uh, doing the lineups that Pavetta, his underlying stats, he actually underperformed his underlying stats uh, and that he was better than that but Chris Sale 
being just a permanent question mark at this point makes me hesitant it's to not put, ideal it's not ideal and i just regardless of what happened last year no i'm like i'm just not i don't know if they haven't i mean i i feel like they could get very creative with the raise style uh approach I think that's what we're gonna see. i, I we're gonna we, see a lot of garrett whitlock coming out of the bullpen and pitching three innings at a time or whatever it may be. I was going to say, I think we can see three, three, and three. Like, I honestly think we see some three, three, and three games, like a lot of them. I could see it. Um, I mean, it kind of feels like the key is Tanner Houck to me. I mean, I'm confident in Evaldi as long as he's healthy. Um, I think he's going to be awesome. I think Evaldi is just a very good pitcher with some health questions that are still there. Um, Pavetta is both much better than I thought he was going to be when they first acquired him and also totally miscast as the number two pitcher in the rotation, which he kind of is right now with uh, with Sale on the injured list. I mean, I think they Hauk needs to be able to get through a lineup three times, at least sometimes. Um, he's got to be able to use that splitter more, but he has the stuff to kind of be that de facto number two behind Evaldi. That would make this rotation much better, especially if you're going to get some at least some sprinkling of Chrisale in there, and then you get James Paxton coming back at some point in the second half. Um, Hill and Waka, I think, just kind of are what they are. Um, not very exciting, but they shouldn't kill you most of the time. But yeah, I mean, I think if this if they're going to make noise in this division, by which I mean winning, I mean, I think to make noise in this division, you got to win 90 three ninety four ninety five games um i don't think they do that without tanner Houck taking a step forward as a starter because otherwise this rotation just looks rough i think i think look 2003 2004 the red sox yankees i think were the two best teams in baseball and like that just played itself out um i cannot remember the the division being this strong ever i mean this these the top four teams are so yeah so good and like it's just lamentable how much swag the blue jays have um oh, they are terrifying they're ter- they're like everything is uh it's wild so I don't know, man. I, I, I'm I not counting on a repeat of last year, but if they do it, I'll be incredibly impressed because they're not going to look into anything. Yeah, I mean, you win this division. You absolutely earned it. Um, and then, I mean, I guess if you want to feel a little better about the rotation, you can just look at the bullpen because um, the bullpen outside of Garrett Whitlock is a whole lot of question marks. I mean, Matt Barnes... Who knows what you're gonna get out of Matt Barnes? I'm the biggest Matt Barnes defender out there, but there's I mean I'm not gonna try and tell you to feel great about it. I just I have no idea what you can expect there. Jake Diekman is just the left handed version of that. I think a little bit worse, but not by much. And then I don't even know who else you get. I mean Frazier, Matt Strom, Darwinson, Sawamora, I think is somebody that they're kind of excited about, but 
I liked him last year. I didn't like him as like a late inning guy. Uh, who's the closer for the Red Sox? Do they have one, or do you think they're just going to mix and match and just play matchups? I don't know. Um, I traded <laughs> for Sawamura in Dynasty uh, 15 seconds before this podcast started. Um, but that could work, especially if it's holds. Well, it was it is holds, and it was a big. I have plenty of room on my roster. It was a dump trade. Anyhow, no one cares. Um, I mean Barnes. I think it's Barnes, honestly. Uh, I think it's Barnes and Deakman. Um, I I mean I think the- Barnes had the Barnes had the second half of last year, and Deakman has the beginning of this year working against well, him. So has been just it, awful it, for him. But. It, it hasn't been great. No, it's uh, you'd hope for better, but yeah, I mean, I think they're those two guys are going to start the year, and then honestly, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if it just ends up being Whitlock again. If they just kind of throw up their hands and say we gotta we gotta do something in the ninth inning, and Whitlock's the only guy. I don't think they want to do that, but um, that's what happens when you don't bring in a reliable reliever and you don't have any relievers outside of Whitlock that can walk fewer than like. 12% of their opponents. Um, now we got a question from Big Sox guy asking who Cora's go-to right-handed reliever not named Garrett Whitlock is out of the bullpen. I mean, I think it's bad Barnes. I know Barnes was bad at the end of last season, but um, it would be better if they had somebody else that wasn't Matt Barnes that was better. But, I mean, are you feeling better about Brazier or Sawamora? I, I'm certainly not. So I think it's got to be Barnes. Well, I just need to make sure Brazier doesn't face any charges for January 6th. Um, but <laughs> no, I mean, but like the way Cora operates is he's going to go to Barnes first. Like that, I'm pretty confident about that. That like, yeah, he me believes too. in I him. think he, he should too. He's a good, yes, exactly. And like, let's not forget, wasn't Barnes an all star last year? Barnes was arguably the best reliever in baseball for the first, like, three and a half months of the season. So, guess what? Let's just run that back. <laughs> like, Well, the uh, the other part of that story is that he was so bad after that that he wasn't even on the playoff who roster. Who cares so, now? Is, it's uh, March. No. I mean, it is, uh, it's Barnes, and it should be, but, yeah, it would have been nice if they brought in somebody more reliable, but. Apparently that was easier said than done. Cora is um, a good man. Just to say, Cora is a good manager. This is a management he is. issue, and I feel like he looks at this and says to Barnes, "Like this is your you." I, I think I don't think this is just Cora. Like I think Barnes has earned the chance to be like the uh, the first option, and like if you blow it again, okay, well then like. Fool me the fiftieth time. We're gonna move <laughs> on. Yeah, the leash isn't gonna be super long, but I mean, like you said, Cora is Cora is good at this. He's even last year. I mean, he got he get he seems to get the most out of these bullpens that are just filled with question marks. So, um, you just gotta hope you can do that again. Um, all right, let's do some listener questions. We get a bunch here before we finish out. Um, first one is from Gavin Blackburn. Um, asking about Noah Song. Uh, Noah Song has been at flight school for 
Uh, basically, since he was drafted, uh, Gavin Blackburn wants to know what the situation is. I also want to know what the situation is. Uh, yeah, we haven't really heard anything. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to speculate. There's just really been no news. He could be back at some point this season. He may not be. I really have no idea. And it's kind of a bummer because he was very good at baseball. But he is, uh, at least publicly, he has said that he is happy serving for the military. So good for him there. Uh, uh, Poe, Gav- oh, Gavin, Gavin, as soon as you can tell us what's going on in Scotland, we'll tell you what's going on with Noah Song. Gavin lives in Scotland. Okay. Yeah, I kind of got that. Um, I feel like I could. Yeah. Okay. Um, Poe asks uh, for a projection from Jay Groom. Um, another prospect question after uh, Jay Groom's had a couple of injury plagued seasons. Uh, wants to know if he's still on his starter truck. Uh, yeah, I think he is. I think he's weirdly the most underrated player in the Red Sox farm system now. Um, I don't think he has the apes upside that he once had, but I was pretty intrigued by what he did towards the end of last season. Um, I think people that saw him liked what they saw. Um, and yeah, I think he can be a major league starter still, uh, but obviously he needs to stay healthy and this is a big season for him. Uh, but yeah, any Jay Groom thoughts before we move on? No, I co-sign yours 100%. All right. Uh, Mike Toomey asks if the Red Sox should explore trading Jackie Bradley Jr. to the Phillies since uh, Odubel Herrera is hurt and the rest of their outfield is DHs. Um, I don't think Dave Dabrowski wants anybody who's ever seen a baseball glove playing in his outfield. I think he's just settling on that. Um, the Red Sox did not sign JBJ to trade him. Well, they traded for him, but right, but um, right, but no. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I guess they should explore it, but what? I mean, they're not going to get anything. They're going to have to give something up to trade him. That's how they got him in the first place. Was that they also got prospects back, and they traded Hunter Renfro too. But um, it, they're not going to get anything back. So no, they should. They the Red Sox need more outfielders. Not whoa, 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 hold on, wait, 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 Bryce Harper, let's do it. All right. I mean, I guess. I'll take Kyle Schwarber, too. Um, all right, Nick W524 wants to know, uh, with rosters expanded to 28 players for April, how many pitchers do you think the Red Sox will field and which ones will make the rest of, uh, the roster? Uh, they've already said they're going to have 15 pitchers and 13 position players, which was to be expected. Um, as far as the pitchers... I mean, I think there's a few spots up for grabs. Uh, I had kind of assumed that Hansel Robles was going to get one of them. They signed him to a minor league deal. Apparently, he's still dealing with visa issues, so I don't really see him being ready for the start of the season. So, I mean, I I really have no idea what they're going to do at the back end of this bullpen. It's going to be pretty ugly. Um, I think one name to watch is Cutter Crawford. He's um, He can go multiple innings, and they're going to need some guys that are stretched out, but yeah, I mean, I'll do a roster prediction at some point, but um, any any interesting pitchers you want to mention there? No, I just like the way Cutter Crawford spells his name. Yes, and I like that he throws a cutter, too. Um, all right, we talked about, this is from Elliot Dean, um, wants to know our thoughts on JD in the outfield. Obviously, we've talked about that. Also wants our thoughts on Ryan Fitzgerald. Do you have any thoughts on the uh, 
best story of spring training for the Red Sox this year? Yes, it will not last beyond spring training. I think he's going to be in the majors this year. I don't know that he's going to be great, but um, I think he he's, can play good defense at a bunch of different positions and got a little bit of power from the left side. And the Red Sox bench is not impressive right now. So um, I'm in on Ryan Fitzgerald as a like last person on a major league bench for a couple of years, um, which for a guy who was undrafted out of college, that's a, that's a hell of a leap. Sure. And like a white guy named Fitzgerald as the last guy on the bench in Boston. I feel like there's some potential there for popularity. (laughs) You think? Um, All right. Joey Beantown uh, wants to know if this is JD Martinez's last season in Boston. I don't get that sense. Do you? Kind of. It all depends on what Devers looks like defensively this year, I think. If they don't think Devers can play third anymore, I think you just got to stick him at DH and just let him hit. Um, And then there's not really room for JD. If you think Devers can keep playing third base, then yeah, I think think JD sincerely wants to be back um, after this year. It's just a matter of what the Red Sox can do. I mean, if Devers can't play third, that's really the only other option because Tristan Casas is your first baseman moving forward. But yeah, I hope not. I like watching him hit. Yeah, I mean, I like Tristan Casas quite a bit. So, no, yeah, that too. Um, all right, Greg Drake wants to know Red Sox options for a right-handed bench bat. Um, I mean that's Christian Royo, right? And I guess Kevin Plawecki to a lesser extent. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's it. Unless you were talking about free agents and stuff, which. I didn't prepare for that, so I don't know. But there's not really many free agents left. So I think it's Christian Arroyo, and I think he could do worse than Christian Arroyo. Um, yeah. All right, last question comes from Jason Nelson. Uh, over under 120 total bombs out of the Red Sox infield this year. So that would be, quick math tells me that would be an average of 30 per between Devers, Bogart, Story, and Dahlbeck. And I guess we can count the bench players, too. It's going under based on attrition, but, but, they could do it. Like, it's, I, I don't think, I don't think it's more likely than not, but those boys hit home runs. So, like, it could, it could happen. So I'm looking at the projections on roster resource at Fangraphs, and I believe if I'm doing my math correctly, they have those four at exactly 120, which is pretty impressive here. I wonder if uh, Mr. Nelson knew that or not. Um, They have 37 for Devers, 26 for Bogarts, 28 for Story, and 29 for Dahlbeck. Um you know, I'm going to take the over, and I'm going to say that Tristan Casas is in the top four on home runs there. That is my bold prediction. But Whoa! Whoa! Hold up. Really? I mean, it's a bold prediction, but yeah, I think there's a chance that Dahlbeck just isn't very good at the start of the year, and I think Tristan Casas is going to be up earlier than... Uh, 
I had originally expected, and yeah, I think he's going to hit right away. So there you go. There's my bold prediction at the very end of the podcast. Don't tell gay Red Sox Twitter because they love Bobby Dalbeck. Do not well, mention that. Oops. Well, I mean, I hope and they're listening to this. But they they are, and uh, and Nate Evaldi too. So like you know, we're good. Who doesn't? I mean, who doesn't like Nate Evaldi? It's he's the best. Come on. It is true, and I think that is a wonderful note on which to end. Uh, it was fun <laughs> doing this again. We will uh, we will have to do it again sometime. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed what you heard. If you did, please subscribe uh, to the over the pod over the over the podcast over the Monster Podcast Network wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, leave a rating and a review if that is applicable. Uh, please tell all of your friends. Uh, please read our writing at overthemonster.com. We're doing a bunch of season preview stuff right now, and we'll continue to do so right up to opening day. And, uh, yeah, we will be back with you next time. <laughs>